In a world overrun with far too many podcasts, two stubborn movie and beer-loving men decided to make one anyways. Rye, the Rybor Barrett, and Joey Wee Dyer, pitting films against each other in epic movie battles. Three films enter, one film wins. Welcome to Brews, Bros, and Videos. Ryan. Weewah! Welcome to another episode of Brews, Bros, and Videos. <laughs> Oh, what was that last one? That was good. That was like a gremlin or something. Yeah, that was like a... <laughs> oh, I like that. that. That's really evil. That's fucked. That's, that's like awesome. a, uh, the wicked witch that lives under your bed. <laughs> Don't tell me that. I won't sleep tonight, you bastard. <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome to episode... That was the weirdest introduction I think we've had yet. Even weirder than your singing that went... Or your your introduction that went nowhere last week. <laughs> that was the weirdest. You got you to start somewhere, and if it starts nowhere, then at least you're going somewhere. I mean, actually, that's, there's a, that's a great logic behind that. I love that. Uh, okay, guys. Welcome to episode five of Bruise Bros and Videos with me, Weewa, and Mr. Ryborg. That's me. How's everybody doing today? Oh, wait. You can't talk back to us because it's a fucking podcast? Great. That's well, all, you can good. talk back to us. You can. You can, you can, talk, you can write oh, in the comments. It is or, true. It is true. Yeah, like, you know, actually give us some love because uh, we're, uh, we're, we're seeing some, some yeah. dust clouds and some, some hay bales and some... What are those things called? Those uh... tumbleweed, tumbleweed, tumbleweed. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, right, I'm anyway. seeing a lot of um, there's a lot of eggplants and like water drops. I don't know what that that's all about, but <laughs> <laughs> not a clue, my friend. Not a clue. No, this week's episode, we have an absolute humbinger of a show. Um, we have a oh, I almost gave it away. Oh. There's a, there's, there is a surprise. There is a big surprise coming your way. And these, well, you already know the surprise. I don't know why I'm doing that. Uh, <laughs> there is a big surprise. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we are like keeping surprises. it fresh. Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, I need to give a real quick shout out. Uh, I don't usually have shout outs. It's usually Ryan plugging his latest uh, outings. Uh, but this one, I actually do have a shout out. Uh, we want to mention... Uh, a sports podcast. Uh, if you guys are into sports, I mean, obviously you listen to this podcast, so you're into beers and you're into movies. But if you're also got an edge for sports, not just wrestling, like I was plugging last time, all sports, uh, we have a podcast for you. Uh, it's called the E8 Sports Podcast with Steve and Griff. That's Griff with two Fs. Um, awesome sports podcast. They cover all sorts of things. Uh, mostly Canadian stuff. I know they've got a lot of Raptors, Jays, Toronto Maple Leaf stuff on there. And they get um, they get right real in depth with their sports topics and stuff too. And they, uh, they yeah. yeah, so you gotta you gotta know your shit getting in there. So I'd uh, you know, dust off your cleats and uh oil that mid up if you're gonna listen. But they're also pretty funny and there's a lot of swearing and cussing and all that stuff in between. So our kind of podcast. Um, so yeah, that is the E8 Sports Podcast with Stephen Griff. Uh, Cheers find to that Stephen anywhere. Griff. 
Yeah, cheers to Stephen Griffin. Yeah, just want to throw a little cheers out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good guys. And they uh yeah, and they can be found on Spotify and everywhere else that you find your podcasts. Any announcements on your side, Ryborg? I'm just gonna do the same old fucking shameful shame. shame I, I'm shame just gonna bowl. I'm just gonna do the shameful. Do you know what a shameless? Shame Neither do I. But, I, <laughs> but I do. I do know what a shameless uh, self promotion is. I I have to uh, you know dive into that water as often as possible because you know what we don't have millions of dollars to do it outside of everything else. But we did just get an awesome. Well, I'd say it's pretty solid review from the National Post today for Open Your Eyes. Mm. Uh, we got a three out of five star review from them. So that's you know that's yeah. saying something because. They don't uh, they don't mess around with their film reviews. So pretty yeah, pretty brutally honest, yeah. Check out Open Your Eyes. Um, it's available on iTunes, Apple TV, hard copies, and uh, multiple other places too. I just don't know all the details yet, but keep an eye out. Yeah. All right. Right. Well, um, I mean, shall we? Uh, shall we just uh, do a little little rewind, a little recap back to uh, Tuesday when we recorded our our pre show and made up, you know found out what movies we're going to do and revealed the surprise for this week. Yeah, rewind that shit. Okay, right. I'll do it, mate. I'll do it just for you. Do it. Ryborg. We were. How evil are you feeling? So fucking evil. That was pretty evil. Um, this week, villainous, some might say. So this week's theme was actually inspired by the fact that uh, Disney's Cruella came out uh, on demand uh, on Disney Plus. Cruella de Vil. Yeah, she's. Have uh, you have you seen it? I no, I haven't seen it yet. But I I think that uh, you said that you were checking it out uh, the other day. It's good. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, Emma Stone is sick. Uh, Emma Thompson's awesome. Uh, Edgy, yeah, the cast awesome. is great. Cast is really good. Uh, the movie is a bit long. It's like just over two hours. I do think for a kid's movie, it could have been a little shorter. But um, the only one thing I will say about it that was quite really disappointing, considering the budget and the hype around it, is the, uh, the there was so much unnecessary CGI, and it was mm. of a really poor quality as well. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, yeah, this is just bad CGI. Don't want to give too much away about that, but yeah. um, the reason I bring up Disney's Cruella is the fact that, yes, we are going to be doing an episode about Disney villains. Now, we're not just discussing Disney villains. We are discussing the most evil, despicable, terrible, atrocious, gross. Can you think of any more words? Yeah, you're, I think you got a you got a good. good there's there's quite a few. You get you get the point. Uh, <laughs> villain? Did you get that one in there? Yeah, maybe you did. Despicable. Yeah, maybe you did. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, Disney villain. So we are looking at the worst Disney villain in a Disney movie. Now we are not including Disney Pixar in this. Uh, we are just talking about the strictly Disney movies. Uh, you can include the more recent CGI additions to the Disney catalog, uh, but I've got a feeling that just oh, from my own experience of. Uh, you know what, what I know of you, Rye. I know that you're probably not choosing any of those. No, I've got. Uh, I've I some went classics. more to, to some of the classics, yeah, yeah and, and some too. of the like the more modern classics too. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm totally on board with that. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, Rye, would you like to tell me your first pick for the most evil Disney villain in a Disney movie? 
All right, Weewa. Well, yeah, this one was uh, kind of tough when I started looking. At it. And it's been a while since I've seen a lot of these movies, but I also, I mean, I watched a ton of them when I was a kid and I watched them multiple, multiple times. Yeah. So like thinking back, it's like, oh, which one's, which one? There's so, there's so many, there's so many good ones to choose one. Some are so much worse than others, but they're all pretty, uh, they're all pretty villainous. I, I had to go with one that I just remember. And it's kind of a, I mean, it's a hit, it's a hit Disney movie, but it's kind of sort of forgotten sometimes when people are talking about the really good ones that kind of came uh, after their classics. And they had sort of the new era started in the nineties with, a little mermaid and Aladdin and stuff. Yeah. But this one, uh, it doesn't get mentioned as, as much. And I remember the villain. I just fucking despised him, uh, for so many reasons in it. Um, it's, um, Frollo from, Oh, the hunchback of Hunchback Notre, of Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Claude Frollo and yes, his voice by the excellent Tony J, but yeah, he's just such a despisable oh, so character. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm going to go with him for my first one. Good pick, man. For Good my, pick. my pick, yeah. Yeah. What about um, uh, Weewa? What about uh, yourself? What do you got going on over there with the, when you're talking about villainous entries? So for my pick, I kind of struggled because the, the one that I've picked, she might not necessarily be the most evil, but she certainly terrified me the most as a kid. And I think that while the other there's a lot of other villains that do have worse um, morals and they have like uh, worse things planned. I do think that, like, uh, basically her punishment, her punishment to people is scary as shit. And I don't know, she always used to terrify the fuck about, out of me, especially when she becomes, like, huge at the end. Uh, I'm mm. going with Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Yeah, she's she's a good one. She, I mean, she's basically a giant Kraken sea witch. That's it. And it's when she turns <laughs> into the big giant Kraken sea witch at the end, she's fucking horrifying. She is. Yeah, she's a good like, one. She she definitely stuck. I, it was one of my possible uh, wildcard picks. <laughs> but in the, in the grand scheme of things, she's not much of a threat to us, really, because, you know, she lives out at sea and she's just trying to gain the sea kingdom. But still, she's horrifying. She is. And she's tricky, too. She, uh, yeah. she plays like a whole, uh, you know, she just kind of leaves out some of the details when she's talking <laughs> about making the deal with Ariel. And she kind of really fucks her over. She does. And uh, you know what the scariest part is? Is the fact that she looks, out of all of the Disney villains that, that, that are there, she looks the most like a Karen. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like yeah. she, if she wasn't under there trying to, like, destroy everybody that lives in the in the uh, the Atlantis kingdom, she would actually be on land screaming at, uh, a, a Starbucks employee about the state of her last yeah. I don't know. Smacking them with their tentacles and stuff. She, Yeah, she's <laughs> she's like... She is though. She's just kind of one of those characters that just wants to be terrible to people. And like yep. she does she does the first thing and makes her, you know, her deal with with the little mermaid and then she comes back into it when things start kind of going good for her and makes it even worse. Yep, that's it. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's she, she, she's horrible. Cyborg. We I've got a little surprise for you, buddy. Uh in Ooh, the surprises. spirit of yeah, man. I like surprise surprises. Yeah. Oh yeah. In the spirit of, you know, Bruce Bros and videos, keeping things fresh. Um, fresh as it gets. Dude, the freshest, the freshest. Uh, I, I have a surprise. Uh, we are not doing a wild card this week. We're not? We're not. We are not doing a wild card this week. No, what? and I'll tell you. I will tell you why, sir. Because we have a special guest joining us. Oh, shit. 
Now, I'm not going to tell you anything about this special guest. I am literally just going to play you an audio recording of what her pick was. And then I'll let her do the introducing when we bring her on the show uh, later on in the week. All right. I'm I'm uh, interested now. I'm intrigued. I'm stoked. Yeah. All right, buddy. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. Okay, right. So this is this is going to be her pick for this week. And then we'll let her reveal who she is. Right, here we go. Hey, this is Christine, Disney fan and lover of all things villainous. My opinion of the most evil villain in a Disney movie is Scar from The Lion King. And I'll tell you why on episode five of Brews, Bros, and Videos. See you then. Scar. Whoa, yes. <laughs> I'm glad that he's on the list because he, he needs to kind of be on the list. I think when you think of Disney villains, he's usually up there, isn't he? Like, he's usually one of the ones that you're like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, like he's, I mean, he's Shakespearean. He's he's like one of those very famous villains like Darth Vader, though he doesn't have any kind of, uh, you know, nothing brings him. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, like, he doesn't have um, a redemption in any kind of ways. But no. uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a classic. Jeremy Irons, baby. I, I, yeah. That voice, man, it's too perfect. Tupac. It is. It is. He's great. Awesome. All right, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually really good. Um, all right. So you know what? Without further ado, let's just shake her back on uh, forward to present time, and uh, let's let's get let's get Christine introduced, shall we? Let's get back to that. Let's go back to the future. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to take that again. Let's go. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Welcome back to present time, Ryborg. It's uh, good to be here. We why I feel like I'm. Yeah, we traveled through time again. Yes, we did. We do it every single week. It's it's a fun time. Uh, however, we difference this week is we actually brought someone back with us. Somebody like jumped onto the Bill and Ted's like telephone thing and came through time with us. Something along those lines. Yeah, with without the copyright infringement. Yeah. Some oh. Of that. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, who are you, dark, mysterious stranger? Uh, please introduce yourself. It's me. <laughs> Hi, it's guys. You. <laughs> I'm Christine. Self-proclaimed Disney lover and of all things villainous. Here yeah. to discuss some fun, evil, evil villains today. Some villainous well, Disney people, yeah. There's yeah. lots of them. Aren't you glad that we brought this person back i mean it's so relevant to our podcast i mean we could brought back anything it's um it's kind of you know it's not random by any chance it just it just must have been the timing was right and uh here yeah. we all are that's it man well I, welcome to the show christine would you mind actually if uh we just you know we, we've both got nicknames for the show it's rival or we were do you mind if we call you Schween? <laughs> sure why not Schween, Schween, <laughs> just reminds me of Wayne Schween. Rock, right yeah, Wayne's world, Wayne's world. Wayne's world. Excellent. All right. So, um, yeah, so you know what? Let's. Since you are a, uh, a guest to the show, uh, we're not going to treat you any differently to how we'd usually, you know, treat our wild card. Because, uh, I, I, you know what? You, you did actually bring up that you have your own movie and you have your own wild card pick. And uh, I think that me and Ryan. I think, you know what, I think you can, as an expert, or as a self-proclaimed expert at least, 
and I can actually vouch for you as well. I think you're pretty much a, uh, an expert on all things Disney. You can, uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I think that you can listen to mine and Rise arguments, and I think you've got something to throw back in at the very end, and I think you've got a good chance of winning this. Mm. I will do my best. A shiny new era is tiptoeing nearer. <laughs> <laughs> Surrounded by idiots. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. Uh, Okay, so so um, glad Scar's in the mix. I'm so glad. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. It's (laughs) gonna be fucking great. Uh, So, um, without further ado, I think uh, I think it was me last week did first. So right, I think it's you this week. Uh, What movie you're talking about, buddy? When did it come out? Who's the director? All that sort of swag. I I chose. Ah, uh, yeah, the villainous Claude Judge Claude Frollo from Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is from 1996, directed by Gary Truesdale and Kirk Wise, and the writers are Tab Murphy. That's the animation story, and obviously based on the classic Victor Hugo novel, the titled Notre Dame de Paris. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, that it means Our Lady of uh, Paris. That's the the famous church, the cathedral. Um, the one, the one that set fire not too long ago. Yeah, which is interesting because there's some parallels to that in in this movie itself. Um, it's foretelling. But before I get into talking about this villainous bastard, I'm going to crack into a nice little pint here. Um, Ooh, I could, I, dude, you couldn't have said that soon enough, man. I'm just, I'm gasping. Yeah, I'm not. Wait, I'm not going to crack in. I'm just going to wait because I'm just going to tell you what this one is. And connecting it was kind of. <laughs> It's, it's kind of tough um, because, you know, it's how do you connect a Hunchback of Notre Dame or Claude Frollo and all that stuff with a beer? Um, now, this one is it's uh, I was ho- wishing I could find a French one, but I mean, this is Russian, but it's an imperial <laughs> stout. It's an imperial stout. And the reason why I connected that is because Frollo is really kind of like an imperialist when he the way that he acts and the way that he that he thinks and he kind of just does whatever the fuck he you know, thinks that he is allowed to do in his own mind. So that's my, uh, my connection. It's from um, Wellington brewery from my hometown of Guelph, Ontario. It's uh, it's got a nice kick of 8%. It's the classic, you know, tasty chocolatey coffee flavored stout. And I absolutely love this one. I've had it before, but I'm going to, I'm going to still tell you how much I love it when I crack into it. We, what are you drinking? Well, I'm actually uh, I'm actually cracking open one that I'll admit that I've had before. Uh, it is a returning favorite. It kind of drew me to it when I was looking at the LCBO today for, for things that seemed villainous, things that had that theme. Um, and it was the can art that got me because the, the guy on the can, he's, he's pretty fucking scary looking. Uh, however, the actual beer doesn't have much, much link to anything. Uh, it's called Instigator. Uh, it's a West Coast style IPA from Indie Ale House in Toronto. Oh, nice Indie Ale House! That's just down the, the road from me. Lucky you, man! Indie does some fucking great beers. Oh, uh, I've they had it do some good it's ones. A, oh, so good, man! But it's it's one of those that kind of it kicks. It's very hoppy, but it's really really easy to drink. Um, I, I kind of you know what I kind of linked as well. Instigator, you know, it, it, I, I guess you could say Frollo kind of instigates. Oh yeah, he's an instigator. A lot of fucking bad <laughs> shit. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. an instigator of real shitster, and he's an instigator of, uh, you know, just, 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 just terrible. A whole ton of injustices, really. Yeah, 
yeah, that's that's pretty much what I was trying to get at. Yeah, you didn't, yeah. And that's the thing. If you saw the can art here, you would. This guy could quite. If there was like a a depiction of him outside of the movie we're about to talk about, this could easily be it. Oh, nice, nice. I pretty like scary. Uh, Stream, what are you drinking? I've got my giant gallon bottle of water over here. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna. But you know I what? It is uh, it is purple, so that goes oh. with the villain um, color scheme. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Me. So, you yeah. know, I kind of yeah. matched that way. Excellent. That's Typically, true. I right. would have um, you know grabbed myself a nice uh, sugar filled cooler, but um, I am doing a little bit of work on the side here, so we got to stay uh, sober tonight. A little multitasking, right? Yeah. It's yeah. hey. <laughs> now, what was your what would your cooler of choice be? May I ask? Just because we can, we can actually give them a shout out. You're not drinking them, but if you were to drink a cooler, whose cooler would you pick up? Now, is this cooler in general, or me linking it to the theme? No, 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 no. Just, just in general. In general. Oh, okay. It would probably be between two. My uh, good old Bacardi. Okay, give us breezer. one, and then you can give us another one for the next one. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I'll yeah. go with the orange Bacardi breezer then. Tastes like a delicious mm. creamsicle. And I have been craving that one a little bit, so that one's I was going to say, you've been yeah. talking about that one a lot recently. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I feel you, you might crack into one over the weekend as the temperatures begin to soar. A nice creamsicle. Ooh, yeah. Yes. All about that, my friend. This weekend will be good for that for sure. Fucking right. All right. Well, uh, right. Without time. further ado, let's crack in let's, into a. Let's crack it in. Oh. oh, yeah. Right. Let's do Ryborg's little sniff and a sip. Oh, yeah. It's like chocolate <laughs> milk. It's like chocolate milk beer, man. I love this stout. Okay. And that's a very easy drinking, delicious IPA. Oh, fair enough. oh yeah. We will. Have you ever tried this stout, the, uh, the Wellington Washington Imperial Stout? I haven't because A, I usually avoid stouts and B, I usually avoid imperial stouts like the plague. I just don't like <laughs> stouty beers. Um, however, if this is delicious as you say it is, I'm sure I need to have a it's, try. It is great. I'm I'm also not a big stout drinker. I usually reserve my stouts for winter time or, you know, in the fall. But this is one I'll drink any time of the year because it's so damn delicious. It's, it is super heavy on the you know chocolate flavors and essences and the coffee there's also like a bit of a toffee flavor in there too and Ooh, it's just nice. it just goes down so smooth which is a little dangerous is another reason why i chose it because it is eight percent so it's a bit of a villainous beer because it can creep up on you and knock you over if you if you have a little too many without uh paying attention fair enough man this uh instigator ipa it's you know what funny enough it's it's a it's a kind of an off color it's uh it's it's not dark like you'd expect a hoppy ipa to be to have that real kind of brown note but it also doesn't it's also not light enough to be considered you know to look like a lager or anything um but it certainly it certainly drinks as easy as a lager it's really it's a really <clears throat> fuck man it's just one of those dangerous beers you know it's one of those ones that you kind of you're drinking you know you drink two or three of them and you're like this is so crushable and then before you know it you're face down in the, in the dirt. <laughs> drinking worms (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) bubbling in the mud oh yeah well i mean should we uh i mean it's your go first man let's uh let's dive straight into it and uh see what the hunchback's got to tell us i'm gonna get into her and here but here's the thing i mean where do i even begin with frollo he's just (laughs) 
he is just an insidious piece of shit human being. Like this guy is bottom of the barrel asshole, uh, entitled, just abuses authority. He's just the worst. I'll, I'll start. Okay, I'll start from the beginning. I'll, I'll give a little yeah. rundown on Hunchback. So, yeah, based on the classic story from uh, Victor Hugo. Um, obviously, there's been uh, a, a lot of uh, incarnations of this film. There's one fantastic one. Uh, it's a classic. Well, there's actually two really good ones, classics. Uh, one which was starring Lon Chaney as the Hunchback and another one starring Charles Lawton, I think. Um, and there's probably about, I think, maybe 20 or 30 years in between them. But they're both one is I think one is silent. The other one's in black and white. I think it it's uh, has audio, though, but they're they're both great. I need to revisit the one because obviously I can't even remember if it's silent or not. But <laughs> this one here is kind of it is a tamed down version a little bit um, for a Disney film. It's still pretty damn dark. Um, Whereas, um, so the setup is, uh, this abandoned child, he's, he's, uh, well, not necessarily abandoned. He's, um, he's taken, uh, from his, his parents, uh, who are tech, I guess they're gypsies in the, in the beginning, but this, um, uh, this judge Frollo who oversees everything, he has a hatred towards any kind of outsiders, anyone who's different. He's, he's pretty, uh, he's pretty racist basically towards anyone who's not him. Um, so he, yeah. So he essentially, in the very first scene, uh, kills the parents who are trying to flee the city and trying to get, you know, safe uh, passage, and they're caught because so because kill- they're gypsies, right? Because they're basically just gypsies, yeah, for no yeah. good reason. Um, they're just trying to uh, find safe passage. Uh, Frollo and his men find him. There's a chase. Uh, the father is taken into custody. I believe he's killed after that, and then. The mother is killed um, by Frollo himself on the, on the steps of the um, Notre Dame Cathedral. Now that this is witnessed by, um, he's the arch archbishop or archdeacon or I forget his his name exactly, but he witnesses it. And as Frollo is about to pick up the baby, Quasimodo, who is, you know, he's de- deformed in a way. I don't know. They don't they don't name exactly what. Um, you know, what causes it or, or what it is exactly. They did. They just call, they call him all these names and everything. And he's um, yeah, he has, a, he has a hunchback deformity um, or disability and he is a baby. And Frollo basically sees this and uses it as an excuse to, he's just going to toss him into the, the well. He's going to toss this baby whose parents he just killed into the well without any remorse or any just he's like yeah well this is a demon i'm gonna send it back so and, we're, we're already like you know we're, we're like 10 five minutes into the film and the protagonist is already trying to murder a baby after <laughs> killing its parents parents that's, pretty a fuck, dis- that's a fucking villain straight up he's pretty despicable and that's just the setup of the film because then yeah he gets spotted he gets seen and called out for his actions by the deacon and He's told that he can't do that and has to make up for it. So um, he's told that he has to raise the child as his own. But because he has such pride in himself, he decides to hide the, the child in the cathedral and force him to live in the bell towers and, you know, ring the bells, basically. And that becomes Quasimodo's job. And that's what he, he names Quasimodo, which actually means uh, not fully formed or half formed in a way. So he literally names him on his appearance. And then he goes about that forcing him to live in this place without any outside contact or knowing the real outside world. That's the basic setup of everything. But come yeah. on, he gave him a sweet view. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> he did. 
I'm just did. throwing in some positives there, you know. Yeah. There you go. Gave him a job too. Gave him a nice yeah. view. Clearly, tons of craft supplies. He did. Yeah, he made the little, the little statues up there. To, he made statues <laughs> of everything he could see below because he had nothing else to do. Um, and this is the fun part about the movie too: is that there's these talking gargoyles in it that the gargoyles no one. Great. Yeah, and, and no one else really sees them except I, th I think just the goat really talks to one of them at one point or something but i mean those <laughs> those gargoyles could all be in quasimodo's mind he could be have he could have gone crazy up there because you know he had no one else to talk to for all these long stretches of time I well but then okay now i'm getting ahead of myself here but i i'm pretty sure the gargoyles have a have a have a have a point in his uh in frodo's demise am i wrong yeah they do they and they definitely do and it's it's one of those things where i think you know to us the audience they do exist they are there is some magic up there and everything that's it's really the only kind of um like supernatural element to to this one yeah. there's like mostly everything is pretty much grounded in a real world setting but they they do involve in the ending and, the, and in the big uh crazy finale that happens but yeah i mean that's the setup of the film. And then we get into seeing just how dark Frollo gets. Cause that's, he's just, he's just getting started there. So what's, I mean, I know, I know what my, my biggest, what, the, the reason that I, you know what the thing is, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it straight out there, which has not happened mm -hmm. in this podcast history, five episode history. Um, I, I, I've, I've never agreed with you immediately <laughs> but i think as soon as you picked this and i went back and i revisited the film i was watching him and i was just like holy shit but he's not scared he's not only scary because of like the things he does but he's scary in the fact that he is so many actual historical figures that have been so high yeah. up in these religious sects and all this kind of stuff and like very respected and very you know very high, you know, like I say, very, very high figures that have done these horrific things. And he's practically a real person. He's practically a, yeah. an actual figure of, of the past. Yeah. Practically like, like he has very dictator tendencies and um, the, the fact that he just kind of disregards life in general for his own gain and his own will. And even his beliefs, apparently he's, he's uh, religious, but he like kind of twists how that works in his favor and it doesn't make sense, but he just is like, like, I think he has one quote at one point where he's like, God have mercy on her. God have mercy on me, but she will be mine or she will die. And it's like, what? You're because saying, he's like, obsessed with, uh, is it Esmeralda? Esmeralda. Yeah. So the, the, this gypsy that he, he eventually sees and kind of falls in love with from afar. He, one day when the, this big uh, event is happening, he goes down and is spotted by the crowd and everyone sees him. And he's the winner of, uh, what's the, the it's a, the, festival of fools or something and he they at first they accept him because she sees him brings him up on stage and then all of a sudden the crowd turns on him and they start throwing rotten vegetables and calling him a monster and all this stuff and the the guards tie him down and 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 they don't lash him in this one it's a famous kind of part of the the story where he's whipped and lashed and all this stuff and tortured but she runs up and stops it and unties him and sets him free and then frollo sees this whole thing and it, and it just sets him off. He, he, he becomes, he hates Esmeralda for doing this and kind of stepping up against him and for being this, like this character that kind of just does whatever she wants, despite his rules and all that. But he also becomes obsessed with her, which is this whole other level that kind of twists and 
becomes a major part of the second half. Yeah, I mean, doesn't I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that there's uh, ever the insinuation of rape in Disney films, but doesn't he kind of like proposition Esmer- Esmeralda as well? Basically, yeah. Like, I mean, he he becomes obsessed, and there's that one musical sequence which is creepy as shit, where he's where that quote is said, and he's you see that he is he's become obsessed with this this woman, and he it takes it upon himself to find her no matter what, and he's going to either kill her or she's going to be his, whichever whatever that means. Basically, he's That's slave. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so then he goes about going around the city searching for her, and starts setting houses on fire um with families in them because they won't tell they won't give him any information and they don't they might not even know where she is but he just goes up to random houses and starts burning parts of paris to get this one gypsy woman that he is obsessed with and because of what you know she defied him and and was kind to quasimodo who he he you know he has to hold quasimodo as like this dirty little secret that he looks at but you know, she defied him with that and showed him to the world and was kind to him. So it's this weird, twisted obsession that he has. I think it's a little What's bit your... of that Napoleon complex, right? Like he, yeah. kind of, she kind of like put him in his place. So now he wants her and to be control of her because she's the uncontrollable one, right? It's exactly. The, the ownership yeah. making her um, bow down to him because most people do and she's not. So I think that's where his obsession with her comes in. Exactly. And he needs, yeah, he needs to prove that to everyone else who saw her defy him and all that. So that, that whole part of it kind of just amps everything up. And then, you know, we see, um, we see the other uh, decent characters. There's, there's a lot of great characters in this. I mean, all of the the guards and, and all of them are, are pretty terrible. None of them stand up to him. None, none of them ever say no uh, there's only the one decent character other than that uh, played by Kevin or voiced by Kevin Klein, uh, Phoebus, Phoebus. And he, he defies him and eventually is, you know, put on the other side of things too. And he's the, like kind of the prince of this story, I guess it would be, which yeah. is, which is a reason why I really like this one too. Cause it kind of, it's kind of really one of the first times that a fairy tale story in the Disney world kind of really went outside of the, the like setup the, what the formula were is our hero isn't out, you know, he loves the girl and he doesn't really like the Prince type character, but he becomes friends with him and they, they become allies and it's not all about him just getting the girl in the, in the end. It's about him saving his friends. And that makes Quasimodo such a better character. So that makes you hate Frollo even more because <laughs> Quasimodo is like the greatest Disney character like he doesn't do anything bad it's kind of a setup like Beauty and the Beast but like Beauty and the Beast Beast has his his bad side yeah yeah the he whole has setup. yeah but Quasimodo is just he's just a, a great sweet character dude yeah yeah and, a sweet and, fucking nice dude yeah and so is Esmeralda she's she's uh like a defiant strong do-it-herself uh artistic woman and then Frollo hates her just because of that. And it's yeah. like, so when you have these great characters, it makes you hate this guy who wants to fucking murder them for no good reason. It makes you hate him even more. In fact, he's burning innocent families on the side. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> these poor families that have nothing to do with anything that he believes in. And he's just fucking killed them. Yeah. Like it, it, he's just, I don't know. And then, 
so then getting into the ending, um, things really get amped up. Uh, Quasimodo helps. He, he takes your saves Esmeralda from being hung, basically uh, brings her in that famous uh, sanctuary moment where he, he saves her. But Frollo just ignores it at that point and basically storms the cathedral. And yeah, that's when those, the gargoyles come to play and everyone else starts helping out. And there's these like, uh, like liquid, like lava basically gets poured down through the gargoyles and uh, stops a lot of, a lot of the uh, guards and, and everyone who's storming the, the castle. The thing I love about his demise uh, in all of the kind of Disney films, the fact that his is so beautifully ironic in the way that obviously he's all about um, casting yourself off from sin. He's supposed to be this like holy man. Um, <clears throat> and because of all the bad things he's done, effectively him falling into that molten fire, whatever it is, Right. It's him effectively descending into hell. Yeah. And even that, that line, right. He says, I forget exactly what it was. There's a line of dialogue where he's like, I will smite the demon or something and send you back down there or something. And it, the, the gargoyles eyes actually like brighten up and that's yeah. when it cracks and, and he falls down and it's like, yeah, it's just ironic in that he's trying to do this thing the whole time when he's the person who actually deserves to go there. So you know what I, I got watching this again that I hadn't I hadn't felt because obviously the last time I watched this movie was back when I think it came out so I, I was a kid um, but watching this back again you know what okay so I, I'm, I'm going to test you here so if I'd say to you name me the most monstrous horrific historical character or not even character sorry historical person like actual person. In the last hundred years, who would you pick? Well, I'd have to go with Hitler right off the bat. Exactly. Now, <laughs> I was oh, fuck, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I would totally kill my point otherwise. Now, do you not think that their um, their outlooks and their end goals are kind of the same? Like Frollo wants to completely wants mass genocide of the gypsies. The same way, you know, Hitler had his whole prerogative as well. And they're kind of like, they're both got very bent, twisted reasons as to why they want this. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that their guards go with it and don't even really question it. They're just like, they're like, yeah, we're on exactly. the winning side. So we're going to do this. And and it is similar to, to Napoleon too, as Christine mentioned earlier too. It's this, they have the same mentality. Yeah. It's like that mentality of just taking over everything and abusing authority in the worst possible ways. And just, you know, just basically taking, taking everything and leaving everyone else in the dust. It's yeah. there's no, there's no redeeming qualities there. It's yeah. But I, I also yeah. wanted to say too, this role, I mean, it's great. The writing is great, but it wouldn't be so great with the, the great actor, Tony J who plays him. He's, mm -hmm. he's like a ton. He's a, ton of voice characterizations and tons of tons of animated stuff but he, he's you'll recognize him too though he's been on like a bunch of tv shows and i'm sure he's been on other yeah, I must movies say that and stuff the, name, too. the name never uh the name never took me i couldn't he's he's got like a wake you if you see him if you look him up and see him you'll recognize him but you won't kind of know where you know him from but you'll recognize him he's he's kind of one of those guys that plays bit parts in tv but he always plays major voice uh work roles Oh yeah. He, the, yeah, 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 yeah. I recognize him. Yeah, but the only other person I could see maybe playing this role who I think would have killed it too, because he's played other great villains, would have been like um, Alan Rickman. He would have 
He would have done oh. a killer. He would have been like, Quasi, what are you doing? <laughs> no, Quasi, go to your room. <laughs> That's the impression you've been working on, isn't it? Tower. (laughs) (laughs) How did it sound on that end? (laughs) It's fucking so good. <laughs> it just, you know what? Anytime I hear an Alan Rickman impression, ow, it fuck, this me, that's actually made me cry with laughter. Thank you. That's the first time I've cried in, with laughter for a very long time. I want you as Merelda <laughs> come to my tower. <laughs> <laughs> If that's not the impression that you've been working on for the <laughs> so longest time, I'm that's the one. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still working on it, but it's, it's, so it's good. coming. <laughs> okay, right, hang on. We, we're going away from Disney here, but this has to be done. Okay, you've got to do the the Die Hard line now. Rich run. <laughs> Ho, ho, ho. I have a machine gun now. <laughs> please, please, for our listeners and for me, because I'm I'm dying over here. Ho, ho, ho. I have a machine gun now, too. <laughs> I have to listen oh. to the exact line to fucking nail it, but oh, rest, rest in peace, Alan Rickman. Rest oh in man, peace, he's but... he's the best. I'll cut your heart out with a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is, <laughs> that is that I've completely forgotten what we're talking about now. That's, fucking, that's t- completely thrown me off. That's so good. Well, I'll end it off with saying, like, we wanted to talk about Gaston a bit too, but. Gaston's a piece of shit. He's a douchebag. <laughs> but Frollo is like the uncle of Gaston who's like so much more dangerous, so much more manipulative, so much more just just downright. Like you don't see Gaston dangling any babies <laughs> into wells for any no. reason um, or, or murdering anyone other than trying to kill the beast, which I mean – rightfully so that he thinks it's a villain but i mean he's got a lot of other issues going on so frollo takes out gaston for sure but he's not even here to to compete so we'll move on i guess at that point okay Weewa, i think it's your turn to tell us who your villainous creature bastard is and um and you and what you're drinking to it as well well I'm going to switch that around. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if a female bad person could be called a bastard. Usually you would refer to them as a bitch. Um, I guess. And Ursula from The Little Mermaid is the ultimate 
Karen bitch motherfucking piece of shit. <laughs> the sea cracking bitch Karen. Oh, dude, she <laughs> is the fucking worst. And you know what? Rewatching the movie, I'll get into this a little more, but like, I realized that she is the ultimate, ultimate Karen. Um, anyway, we are talking about Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Disney's The Little Mermaid. Uh, released in 1989, which makes me feel really old because I didn't realize it was that fucking old. Um, it was uh, directed by Ron Clements, uh, based on uh, the story by Hans Christian Andersen. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to get too much more into it because I, I really want to crack a beer and get into this sea hag that I have to talk about for the next 20 minutes or so. Yeah. She is What's a real sea hag. Oh, she's 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 the worst. What's your initial thoughts on Ursula, Christine? Ursula's awesome. So I mean, she's <laughs> all, all, all awesome. She's a she's a vindictive um, bitch, like you said, vindictive sea witch bitch, and um, sea witch bitch, yeah, sea witch sea bitch, witch yeah. Bitch, yeah. Um, she's got wicked tunes. She's she got does. a wicked plot. She's manipulative AF and uh, yeah. Good and she has two eels as sidekicks. Oh yeah. Flotsam and jetsam. Flotsam and jetsam, yeah. Yeah, that's the ones. Right, well I I'm not gonna lie, those those chili chips that I ate in the uh, in the break have destroyed my tongue and taste buds, so I need to drink a beer to get rid of that. Well, what do you got there, Wee Wah? Well I haven't got anything yet. Let me grab it from my cooler. God, <laughs> I thought you had it uh, floating with you under the sea. Under the sea. Darling, it's wetter. Wetter. Where it is wetter. 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 Take it from me. <laughs> under the mm. sea. Now, I, I've, I've wondered on many an occasion uh, if there's ever been a Little Mermaid porno and if that second line <laughs> of that has ever been brought up. I'm sure it has. What do you think, Christine? Sorry. Silence. Silence is gold, and that's all I have to say about that, right? Fair enough. Uh, okay, so... Um, I bet you there is one, though. I'll Google it while you're taking your drink. Oh, okay. So, so she's there being the innocent, I'm going to be silent, I'm not going to say anything, but she's the one that's going to look it up. Um, okay, so I am actually drinking, and Ryan, this is a first. We are keeping it so fresh on episode five. Oof. Super fresh. This Sea is first. fresh. I'm drinking a domestic. Wow. Now, this ain't no craft, baby. This is Canada's pride. And no, it's not Molson Canadian. I'm sorry. I kind of <laughs> steered you in the wrong direction there. Uh, it's from Moosehead, actually. Oh, there you go, bud. Uh, this is the this is the Moosehead Shaker. It's a new line that they have that's just come out, which is basically their beers infused with uh, popular cocktails. And this so it's a beer cocktail. Uh, this one just got me. It's it's a cucumber lime mojito. Oh baby, that sounds right up my alley. I like that shit. Now I'll tell you what I like about it. Uh, it's I mean it's called the Shaker, and this is my very very tenuous link. Um, you know these uh, these 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 villains. They like to shake things up. You know they're. Uh, that's it. That's it. That's, that's the fucking link. Um, they, they do. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> but the thing I liked about that about this is the fact that it's it's still a five percenter. So 
you know, remember, remember I said to you before this podcast, I said I don't generally drink anything less than 5%. This is my threshold. This is the lowest I will go. Uh, therefore, yeah, the Moosehead Cucumber Lime Mojito Shaker. And since it's been a really hot day and it's been a really hot week and it's going to be even hotter over this weekend, I felt that this was justified. Well, there you go. That's it. It's connected and it probably sounds kind of tasty. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Uh, however, I am. I'm very interested in the second super strong beer that you've got to sample today. Well, we were, I kind of went a little outside the lines here too, um, mm. because I have a little bit of a favorite, you know, that I've been sipping on lately. And uh, I kind of wanted to throw it in here too, because it's, you know, it, it, it goes in the theme of things here and it's a nice refreshing beverage. And uh, while, you know, while upstairs they may have uh, a lot of sand down here, we've got a hot crustacean band with blue lobster. <laughs> oh, it's the sour cherry and lime. Yeah. Oh, I got, dude. The, got my old blue lobsters, the, their new flavor, sour cherry and lime, six, 6% soda and vodka beverage. And Straight out of Nova Scotia, Spirit Co. So beautiful thing about this is the fact that uh, Christine can join in on this because she was over here, what, last week or something? And I actually gave us some of that very beverage you are drinking to sip on. Oh, that's, that's good to hear. It's pretty it tasty. actually uh, pretty good. I did enjoy that one. Um, it's a very, sour, very, very sour. Yeah. yeah. Very sour. I found, though, that it would be like one sip. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. The next sip, I'm like, oh, I don't know. And then I go, but I'd still go back for more. So yeah. but I think that it is something that I would really enjoy on like a hot summer day. For sure. It's like, it's like you know, sour, sour nice and spicy and are like sour and spicy are two of those flavors that are basically a punishment to the senses where you kind of say, your body says, do not do that anymore. You don't like it, but you're like, oh, but I do kind of want some more of that. You know, yeah. it's that kind you, of thing. you do. And it's, and this is you, you get, you get used to the tart. And if you want it a little less tart, if you just get the regular lemon lime one, it's a, it's slightly less tart than this one. Do you know what, dude? I am so glad. That... Good. What's that? The lemon lime might be good for sure. That sounds. Mm-hmm. Good. I did eye those up today in the LCBO, but I was like, ah, no, I'm going to go for the the moose head. Um, I will say this though, man. I am so glad that me and you have decided. We both unanimously decided, without even realizing it, that we were going to have like a a cooler type thing for our uh, our middle one. Hey, that, that's why it's hotter under the water. <laughs> Take it from me. All right, uh, Christine, what are you drinking? <laughs> We're coming back to me again. I still have my gallon water bottle. <laughs> How far down that gallon water bottle have you gotten? Have you, have you, have you oh, got down another three notch? Quarters of, three quarters of the way down. Now, what were you when we started this podcast? Oh, I, we, you should have asked that question then. I'm not sure, but... Um, now, Christine, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, is that seawater? Is that the connection? <laughs> <laughs> no, but again, it is purple, and Ursula is purple. Oh, there we go. So there's the I would love connection. to know where she got seawater from in Landlocked, Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here under the sea, so lots of yes. water in this movie. So water actually is a pretty good connection in general. It, it is. Yeah, all, right. all right. Well, I can't I wait to see you tenuously We could have been like, uh, you know, I could have put out some of those fires, I guess, with my water. <laughs> it's true. It it's true. You, you might have to save those for the Lion King. 
Well, there's multiple yeah. chances for water in the Lion King for sure. <laughs> well, don't don't worry. Can't we, wait for we, you we to ask me those. again when we get back to the Lion yeah. King. Where it's going to get wetty in the Serengeti. <laughs> well, there you go. Good one. Jesus, old fucking funny over there. Right, right. I'm I'm fucking gasping, bro. Let's sit. Let's crack yeah. into it. Yeah, crack into it. Kraken. Cracking into oh, cracking just like Ursula. Oh, dude! As soon as I sm- it smells like a fucking mojito. I smell the mint and I smell the fucking lime. Mm-mm-mm. Dude, that is that's mojito in a can. That's unreal. That's so good. I'm gonna have to look into that. We well, that sounds right up my alley. That's great. And it was um, it was either this or the uh, uh, what's the what's the thing that you what's the thing that you drink at brunch? Mimosa. Mimosa. Yes, they had a they had a mimosa beer and they had the cucumber lime mojito version. I was like, hey, no, I'll do the mojito. You're better off with the mojito. And this is another little connection we have. These are both East Coast beers, I believe, uh, or drinks anyway. Uh, Moose, I believe, is New Brunswick, or maybe it's Nova Scotia. Uh, it's New Brunswick. Yeah, so we're uh, maritime drinking tonight. You, I love it. I love when we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah. we did right, right on the this at all. right on the coast, right on the ocean. All right, we was. So let's hear about your villain now. Your your witch bitch Ursula. Okay, so when we first decided that this was going to be a theme, uh, Ursula was the first one that came to mind. Now I remember as a kid uh, being so terrified of Ursula when she becomes huge at the end and she's she's fucking terrifying like she's a really scary you know in the beginnings her morals and the way she does things is kind of creepy and kind of messed up but when she becomes massive Mm -hmm. at the end and you have Ariel and Eric in the water and number one the, the the sea is a terrifying place anyway like I'm so scared of the open ocean like I've got my paddy open water diving course and stuff. That was a big step for me. But knowing about being out in the open ocean, horrifying. To know that you could be out in the open ocean and then all of a sudden you are a small speck on the, like, the stem or like the, the, one of, one of the, the pointy bits of a huge kraken bitch's crown <laughs> being lifted out of the ground, I, it's a terrifying thought. And the, the, how tiny they are compared to her. And there was no way they were going to win that battle. Anyway, so... Ursula, she um, part of the Little Mermaid, which actually is one of the most memorable. Again, one of the most memorable Disney films for me growing up as a kid. Uh, I've got a little sister. Uh, every little girl was obsessed with Ariel and the Little Mermaid when they were growing up. Um, I don't know why it was just that that that, that was the the one of choice. Um, <clears throat> the Little Mermaid basically storyline is is that if you've never heard of the little woman uh is ariel is a uh she is the daughter of triton which is basically the the king of the the, the underwater kingdom and um she effectively wants to be somebody different she doesn't want to be a mermaid she doesn't want to belong in this this underwater kingdom she wants to become a human she wants to walk amongst the people she sees the things that people have and what we do and all these little things we take for granted she appreciates um she has a hair she has a fork that she uses for a hairbrush and stuff like that and she's super big fan of all the human stuff and um 
she decides that she wants to be a person and she speaks to Ursula, who is the fucking sea hag witch of the sea. And <laughs> she is like a, also like a, oh, uh, yeah, she's a witch. So she can give her what she wants, but she also has to give up her voice. Now, Ariel is a great singer. She sings crazy good. Uh, <laughs> As many uh, mermaids are, mermaids are uh, kind of known for that, right? Well, yeah, they're known for their songs. Yeah, they're like their yeah. sea songs. And um, she swaps her voice out for a pair of legs. And uh, she oh, yes. meets The trade. Eric. Yes, yes. She meets Eric and uh, they fall in love and whatever, but she can't speak. And basically, all shit goes to shit. And uh, that's effectively the the premise of The Little Mermaid. Then Ursula kind of, you know, but Ursula basically like traps her in this kind of contract. And uh, then her dad has to kind of save her and, Eric has to sort of like, you know, find out. Then Ursula just completely takes over and tries to get Eric to fall in love with her. It's all a big betrayal. Oh, she's a manipulative. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She's going after him because she's trying to stop him from getting, falling in love with Ariel. If Ariel kisses Eric by before sundown. Oh, it's in the contract, isn't it? Yeah. And she gets, she gets her voice back. So she's using Ariel's voice because Eric remembers Ariel's voice because yeah. she saved him from drowning and saying to him, so she, so Ursula is enchanting him with the voice to steal him away so mm-hmm. that a kiss cannot happen. That's and so she's, so she's a big cheater as well. She cheats yeah, in yeah. this. She sets up a deal and she's like, this is the deal. This is what happens, whatever. And she's waiting for a naive person to take the deal. Ariel takes it. And then she immediately starts kind of digging in there and manipulating and cheating on that deal. Yeah. Like making the flotsam and jetsam flip the boat. Um, when they're about yeah. To Kiss the girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ursula's, Ursula's ultimate prerogative here is to become it's to basically overthrow Triton right like she she wants any kind of leverage she can get in order to become the ruler of the of the of the ocean okay let's get into this this is the thing that gets me about <laughs> Ursula is the fact that she has them sign contracts yeah she really happens in any of the Disney films she's like an evil lawyer under the water with tentacles right? who's and setting people are, up for failure and yeah, she said, exactly. like, the whole thing is a setup to get, she's, you know, she's conning her for this. And meanwhile, it's a means to her end to get this is what she actually wants. Like a fucking dirty lawyer. Now, here's, here's my, again, here is the point I'm trying to get to. This is the ultimate point of everything I'm trying to make. And this is what makes her so terrifying to me is the fact that Ursula is the ultimate underwater Karen. Now, <laughs> you know, she she's basically like, you know, if I don't get my way, if I don't get what I want, I'll get my lawyers. Oh, yes, I'll get my lawyers. Oh, what? I have you on videotape. Oh, I have this all here. Have, <laughs> she know, got receipts. Yeah, she has receipts, like, motherfucker. I got receipts. <laughs> yeah, I got receipts, y'all. Um, she will take you down. And, like, you know, she is basically the underwater Karen. And what is more terrifying than, a, you know, a middle-aged, angry, for whatever fucking reason, woman who ha- thinks she has all these fucking, like, thinks she has all this, like, legal, uh, this legal <laughs> upstanding... And she basically, like, you know, and that's the thing. And that's the scary thing is the fact that she ends up taking Triton and making the most powerful being underwater. And she turns him into one of those little worm things. Those things yeah, are Yeah, those, those things are, I know. I was just thinking of those. I'm like, that's creepy when she transforms them all into those little wormy things attached to the bottom of the sea. 
She turned you into sea scum, basically. Yeah. She turned you into like nothing. Yeah. I mean, as like a plant a... person, it's a pretty sweet garden she's got going on. <laughs> she does, she, yeah, she does. She does have a good garden. <laughs> but I think there's supposed to be some backstory of um, her being like a scorned, scorned lover or something of Triton's. Ah, part oh, really? of the yeah, I believe that was. Um, Something I had read previously that she she was an old flame of Triton's who uh, he kind of cast to the side and and that's why she has such a hard on for uh, going after him. Yeah, it makes sense. It has a lot of par- parallels with like Hercules, uh, like the the mythos of all that stuff. It's very similar kind of setup. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, Zeus no, I... and all that. Yeah, I mean that, that that's the thing. Yeah, I think. That that would make a lot of sense. That would make a lot of sense, and it makes it even more of a Karen. Just like <laughs> seems like this real divorcee, fucking angry at the world because my husband slept with a receptionist because I'm such a frigid bitch type attitude. You know, <laughs> um, that's that's what she and she's got that haircut too. I'm sorry, she's got that Karen haircut. Like she doesn't have that. I want to speak to the manager haircut. She's got that frigid. I've been divorced and I'm a very hard hating the world kind of person now haircut. She, I was thinking she had like the haircut from uh, uh, Golden Girls. She kind of looks like a Golden Girl. <laughs> what? Okay, her haircut, yeah, yeah. She looks like B. Arthur from Golden Girls. Thank you for being a friend. But she doesn't have her her, her ladies haircut. That, to help her. The funny thing about that comment is, I, I think I sent you guys earlier pictures of some of the um, original drawings of Ursula, which are pretty. Yeah pretty ugly yeah. um but in it it says that b arthur was up for the voice oh really mm-hmm. oh no way really yeah i could so. i could totally see her voicing voicing ursula as well yeah that, that does actually <laughs> make sense yeah um so let's 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 go back to what actually terrified me about ursula when i was a kid like i said at the very beginning of this segment um when she becomes huge now i've i always kind of wondered why if she wants to overthrow triton why she didn't just do that in the first place and just fuck everyone up. Yeah. My question here is who is um, enforcing the signatures on the contracts? Like who's the, uh, who's There's the above them? It, right? Yeah. Who's the, <laughs> it should have been just a little bit of a vision of who the above them was like, should have been like some big scary, you know, the ghost, the, the demon that's on the top of uh, the mountain in Fantasia. Should have, he should have just popped up and been like, wink, I'm who you have to deal with if you break these contracts or something like that. Yeah. I mean, there, there doesn't seem to be any, well, there's no witnesses to these contracts for a start. <laughs> yeah. like, there's no she just makes you sign them. something. And all of a sudden it's like, uh, it's law. Yeah. now I'm bound by You're magically I... bound. There's yeah, I guess magic there. So I guess it's black magic. It in. Yeah. Whatever Dark the black magic. magic. Yeah. I guess you're si- it's like signing your soul over to the devil, I guess. Right. Yeah, yeah, pretty. Exactly. I guess that's kind of what it. But I mean, she kind of does like when she turns you into one of those little wormy things. I guess she's taking your soul anyway, right? Like that's kind of what it is. Like she's turning you into just decoration, and that's that's effectively taking your soul, taking your life, taking your everything. You know, um, and I think that's horrifying. Yeah. I think when you see how many of those she has, that's how many people have signed dodgy oh, yeah. contracts with her. Yeah, she's uh, she's manipulated a bunch, and she's you got to imagine all the other tricks and what she's done in the past, and who she's fucked over, and that's yeah, she's got a garden of uh, devastation. 
brewing yeah, in her backyard. Yeah, you have to think too because um, a lot of those people in the contract and in her song, um, best song of the movie, by the way, Poor Unfortunate Souls. They're all they're all signing away to get something that they don't have and think that they want, like they say losing weight or getting the man, or in Ariel's case, having some legs. legs. There's poor unfortunate souls. (laughs) (laughs) If Alaric was still alive, they should have had him record every single Disney villain, just re-record the whole thing. Just like, oh, fuck, another movie with Alan Rickman. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> do you not think pre-COVID, uh, our very own Prime Minister, trust Justin Trudeau, could very easily have been Eric? Oh, sure. <laughs> Looks yeah, so did. much like him. They're kind of, yeah, they are very similar in looks. Like during COVID, sure. he's grown a beard and he's got gray hair and all that, as we all have. But like pre-COVID, he, he, he was a fucking spitting image for Eric. Yeah, he's like the Disney animated version of. <laughs> That's funny. When he, when he wasn't doing blackface, but still. <laughs> well. Well, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ursula, like at the very, like the, the, the reason that I picked her is that the, the Disney villain that I think is the most evil is just the fact that I find her so conniving and she's so, you know, she, she takes other people, she, she, she lures these weak people in. And she basically robs them of everything they have in order to give them what they want. And unfortunately, that is kind of like a common trait in the world. There's a lot of tricksters out there. There's a lot of scam artists. There's a lot of people that will do that to you. Like, you know, there's a lot of people out there that will take a person who's weak of mind. We, unfortunately, it's a lot of time. It's the elderly. You know, they, they would take them and they would they would take everything they have, giving them all these false promises and just ruin their lives. And Ursula is effectively that person she's just she's she's not even a person she's a octopus i guess but like and the, <laughs> but the, like you know and, and then she she's doing it all just to get leverage and I, I find her to be probably the most crafty now at least with frollo he was just a fucking nasty piece of shit straight up genocide kill you kill you don't give a shit ursula doesn't really straightforward kill anyone she kind of she's kind of just working her way up and it's just a leverage thing. And she's just, yeah, she's, she's just all around bad. And then she becomes huge at the end. She's scary as shit. She's scary is, as shit. She then dies because Eric drives a boat into her. And I'm like, ah, it's a bit of yeah. a cop out. But. He pulls the old Jaws. Uh, Jaws is Jaws of Revenge. Yeah, Jaws, 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 Jaws of Revenge yeah. with Ursula. Yeah, he pulls that move and it, that always works. I mean, if you see an evil sea beast, go stab it with the tip of your boat. There you go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Noted. Especially if they're roaring or singing, then yeah, go kill them with your boat. <laughs> but was, was the shark singing in Jaws? The, no, the Jaws. <laughs> it the Jaws roaring, Four. Though. It's roaring. It's actually going like, yeah. and you're yeah. like, so stupid. Huh? <laughs> and Michael Caine's like, what the bloody hell is that? <laughs> yeah, and I think he won an Oscar the same year too, and he's just like, what am I doing? That was that was a that was a bloody big shark. So I took that I took that boat and I drive it straight into the shop. Uh, <laughs> you know what too, uh Christine, regarding that you said that the she has a backstory of being a scorned lover of uh Triton, I would actually love to see that story be told too. I kind of want to see where she's coming from. I want to know it's almost like a Cruella situation. I want to see where she's coming from and what made her this way. 
and all yeah. the other people that she that that she uh, gained that garden out of too. She would actually be a really cool villain to do like a Maleficent like you know origin say. story. Yeah, I don't know if you guys watched the Maleficent um, live action. If if we were doing um, favorite villains of all time, Maleficent is my favorite villain of all time. She's and pretty that, cool. That backstory they did, um, I was prepared to hate it, um, almost solely on the fact that they chose Angelina Jolie as the <laughs> actress. But she actually did a fantastic job, and the movie was super well done, and really gave you, um, made you love her like that she was totally scorned as well um same type of way so i i think an ursula story like that and i wish they would do more movies like that to be honest they've started remaking all the live actions but doing them exactly the same as they are i would rather yeah. see them slightly um from a different point of view yeah i'd be so interested to see it i i i seen the because there's two maleficents right i've seen the first yeah. one uh, and I'm kind of down in the middle, same thing, because I love the original character, and I did love seeing some of the story elements that they added to give her the background. Same thing, I wasn't huge on Angelina Jolie or whatever, but there's no, you can't say anything bad. She did a great job, and the film was made absolutely, totally fine. I just, because I was in the middle with that one, but it's cool to see backstories. Yeah, it's cool to see additions to these characters that we know so well. might need to put a warning on there yeah <laughs> um, around this time period make sure your volume is down we are not professional yeah. musicians <laughs> yeah all <laughs> professional podcasters for that matter. nor african serengeti chanters by any means or featured on the soundtrack of any of the Lion King adaptations. Um, hopefully or never. any Disney ever, movies ever. for that matter. Yeah, or just, or just doing anything because we are terrible at everything. Um, now, let's jump into the third movie, The Wild Card. But in this case, not a wild card. It is a guest's choice. My our very pick, first guest. My pick, yep. Yeah, your pick. So, you know, you've yeah. been pretty confident this whole talk. I, I gave up immediately after watching <laughs> the first movie so i'm really hoping you can give raya a good battle because raya's won wait three maybe even four of these uh I, i've not won a single one of these yet uh he's always come <laughs> armed with a real think, strong case i think it was three and then we tied we tied in the middle with one that's right yes we did tie <laughs> so i'll take that as a a, a half victory um <laughs> And I'm not going to win this one. I've already, I've already bowed down in defeat. So therefore, Christina, I'm, 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 I'm in your corner. I want to see what you've got to give us. So, right, tell right. me about the Lion King. Yeah, in this corner, weighing I don't know, probably a couple hundred pounds, we have <laughs> uh, Scar from the Lion King, and yes. uh, released in 1994, which, as you mentioned with Little Mermaid, also makes me feel quite old. 
Jesus Christ, 1994, <laughs> are you kidding me? And this one actually oh. was packed with a bunch of voiceovers um, of people like uh, Matthew Broderick, um, yeah. Whippy Goldberg, uh, Mr. Bean is in there. <laughs> <laughs> Rowan Atkinson, oh, he's, 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 the, he's the toucan, right? He is, yeah. And, you know, the 90s heartthrob JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. So um, lots of fun names in there. Uh, lots of fun characters in the movie, but Scar in particular is our villain to focus on today. And um, I guess you guys started off with a little bit of uh, going through the movies. So we have... Yeah, for, those, the, for those that haven't seen the movie, yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen the movie, you should probably pause and go watch it because it is definitely oh, wait, wait. classic. <laughs> Speaking of pause, like lion pause, I'm going to say let's stop in our tracks for just a moment oh, because because i think we might have found a couple of brews some semi-related to this film as well oh yes i you know what completely forgot about the bruise part of this just because I'm, <laughs> I'm really focused on what christine has to say i know i um, was too and i was about to go and i was like wait a sec i got this one i last minute saw something that made me inspired by the lion king yeah i mean do you know what though um, let's let the guest go first Christine, what are you drinking for the Lion King? Well, if everybody has been on this podcast until this point, um, <laughs> I'm going to let you guess what I've got going on here. And that's now, a sweet where... bottle of water. Gallon oh. water bottle. Now, where where are you at this gallon? Now, you said you were three quarters full before. Where are you at oh, now? I'm actually probably the same. We got talking quite a bit with Ursula, so I didn't uh, get too far. I'll have to do a bit of chugging here. Well, right. I'm, I'm hoping that you have a... Uh, I'm hoping that you just have a glass full of bugs, um, <laughs> you know, just in relation to Timon and Pumbaa's uh, feast that they have. Uh, I if actually you don't have got, a can uh, of beetles, then I'm going to be really upset. Well, it was actually, uh, I just got a, uh, you know, those turd balls that the beetles push up oh, the hills backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to munch on one of those, but that awesome. has nothing to do with me. Oh, that's, that's, that's tasty. Yeah. Cool. Just so looks like, looks like one of those, uh, looks like one of those protein balls from like booster juice. It's actually the complete opposite of turd. What I got here is a little <laughs> bit of a uh, little bit of magic from flying monkeys and it doesn't oh, really have, yeah. It doesn't really have a lot of connection other than a beautiful, beautiful image of a cat on its can. A cat, the lions, you know, Lion King, whatever. But this cat is a good cat because it's a defender of the universe. And you son of a bitch. It's a deadly and dangerous villainous beer because it's got a, it'll catch you off guard. It's Sparkle Puff. I fucking bought one of those today and I was saving it for another fucking episode. <laughs> Oh, oh man! You guys need to talk more. <laughs> this no, this communication is, this, is not key in this relationship. But this is so. this is the this is the fun of it, though, because if you were, you know, one of these days we're gonna have the same beer for the same movie, and that's yeah. gonna be a moment. There will be a moment. That's true. Moment yeah, that's true. I thought today was gonna be that day, but what do you got? You are? Uh, well, before we get into that, I just I want to just preface you opening that beer with the fact that. I really want to know just how chunky that Sparkle Puff is because it's kind of like, it's like one of those, you know, open a box of cereal, get a prize kind of thing. Mm. Certain, certain cans of Sparkle Puff have so much sediment in them that you could chew them. And I yeah. really, I haven't had a can like that for a while. So I bought a can of Sparkle Puff today as well. I'm hoping that it's a part of that whole really chunky sedimenty kind of batch. Um, hopefully you can tell me. 
Well, I'm about to explore the realms of deep, dank space with this rule of three in its DNA. Uh, maybe that'll be the chewy part. That may be, yeah. Uh, so I actually have over here, and I'm so sorry to admit this. I'm not sorry at all, actually, to be fair, because this brewery is killing it, has killed it for a long time. Huge fan of them. Nickelbrook, you have a third mention Ooh. on the Bruise Bros and Videos podcast. Nickelbrook um, just keeps coming back, eh? Nickelbrook, every single week, man, I find something relevant to our podcast, and they're, I know that delicious. everything I open of theirs is always going to be good. Exactly. Uh, so this week, I'm drinking one that I know for a fact you know, right? Um, it is, see if you can find the uh, the connection to what we're talking about here, the Wicked Awesome IPA. Oh, it is a Wicked Awesome IPA. It's delicious. Awesome. We, we we were serving it on the tap for quite some time at our bar. Yes, we were. It's it's a favorite of mine, a favorite of friends. It's, it's absolutely delicious. It's another unfiltered IPA, but it isn't quite as chunky as the Sparkle Puff, obviously. Uh, but it is, it's the wicked part that got me. And actually, ah, you know what? Right, 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 right. I'm pretty sure it has like a tiger on the, the logo. I was just going to ask that. I think, was like there, is there a lion something. even? It might even be a lion. Fucking no, hell. Some kind no, of it is, it is like a, It's like a jaguar or something like that. You're right. It's like, yeah, it is. crawling across. Well, there you go. It's got a wild cat on the front. So that's, that's my connection to uh, the Lion King. Uh, 6.5% alcohol. Uh, Strong. It's a really good, really smooth, delicious IPA out of Burlington, Ontario from Nickelbrook. Right. And we were, I think that um, this triple IPA from Flying Monkeys, Sparkle Puff, I do believe this is our third mention of Flying Monkeys as well. Maybe maybe I'm wrong on that going back and looking, but I think, I think you and I together have had three Flying Monkeys. And this is also, yeah, 10.2%. I don't know if I mentioned that before, but... Uh, <laughs> Oh man, well, uh, Nick, Nickelbrook <laughs> and Flying Monkeys are firm favorites of this show. Uh, if you are listening to this right now, anyone that works for those breweries, please be in touch because we are looking to feature a brewery on one of our shows coming up soon. Absolutely. I, I guess it's that time, huh? Oh, it's definitely that time, dude. Before we get all scarred up, oh. let's crack into them. Oh, fuck yeah. Smells sparkly. <laughs> oh, that tastes hoppy. Oh, it tastes puffy. Let's see. I'm now, looking I, for the pop now, buddy. Has, has the liquid not poured through yet because the chunks have like blocked the fucking opening? Uh, not yet, but they're about oh, to come, no. I think. Oh, dude, oh, this, this Wicked Awesome actually has chunks in it. Oh, there you go, bud. You got your sediment on your other end. My chunky beer. It actually looks. It actually looks like I'm drinking soup. Now this one here is is definitely pulpy and it's definitely opaque. In you cannot like I'm holding it up to the light and you can't see my hand on the other side of it. And there are some definitely sediment floating on in there, but it's not the pulpiest that I've seen as well. Okay, well you didn't you didn't get the luckiest of bags, but. Yeah, it's all right. It's, Every you know, Sparkle Pop is delicious. It tastes just as damn good as the first time and every other time I've tried it, though. Fucking right. All right, so, uh, Christine, please, uh, after all of our talks of chunky beer and <laughs> stupid stuff like that, please uh, enlighten us on why Scar is your pick for the most villainous, most evil villain of the Disney catalogue. All right. And and there's no lion about it. 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> Don't you be lying now. You're you're an expert with these puns. For sure. <laughs> I don't know if expert is the word, but anyway. If I ever come back again, I'm gonna have to like pre-plan all my little my puns here to keep up with you. <laughs> don't bother there's only one idiot that needs to give us puns <laughs> mr scar i am going to argue is a combination of both of your villains together okay uh, all right uh, yeah all right also so first of all he's very smart manipulative af conniving mm-hmm. like your little ursula and then he has also got a lot of comparisons to pretty much exactly what Frollo has done in The Hunchback, Scar does in The Lion King. And They're very, yeah, <laughs> I have to agree. I have to agree. They have a lot of similarities. As I was rewatching, because I haven't watched Hunchback in years, and I was rewatching it, and I'm sitting there like, oh, it's pretty much the same kind of story here. So. Scar grows up, doesn't get to be king. His brother's the big, strong guy. He's the one with the brains. He's a smaller, scrawnier guy. He really wants that. But he grows up in a good, like, he's, he's you know, secondhand to the king. So he's he's got it made, really, if he just kind of sat there and did his thing. But no, he's not happy in there. So he's going to plan the death of his own brother. So Mm -hmm. he's going to manipulate a young child to trick him to causing the death of his father, therefore traumatizing him into thinking he caused the death of his father Um, while he does the killing. So just like with Frollo, Frollo kills the mother of of, uh, Quasimodo, Scar kills the father of Simba. Bastard. And like how Frollo tells um, Quasimodo he needs to hide, the same type of thing happens with Scar. Tells Simba to run away. The the one difference, though, is that Scar actually was going to murder Simba, but the hyenas let him get away and chose to not tell him. Had he known he was alive, he would have gone and killed him, which may be a slight difference and make him that much more evil than Mr. Frollo himself. <laughs> so uh, the thing I find interesting about Scar compared to the other Disney villains in this list or the ones that we've mentioned today is that for a period, of, for a good period of the movie, he actually wins. Like yeah. he's the, he's the king of the pride for a period. good yeah. part of that movie. So you know, whereas all the other villains are struggling, 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 struggling to get to where they want to be, Scar actually makes it very early on. Yeah. It's it's that's another similarity with Frollo too, where exactly. there's that big span in time of of the, our hero growing up. They're in power in the meantime. Yeah, so he's yeah. so scarred. He refuses to come back, even to go talk to his mother and tell his mother what happened, he runs off and totally grows up. And that whole time, Scar is in, in charge of the Pride Lands. And he's, it's, it's the thing with Scar is the fact that he's, he's control over the Pride Lands. It's, it's all to benefit Scar. 
You know, and it doesn't benefit the Pride Lands in the slice. It's all to benefit him. So he becomes like this really greedy king type yeah. thing. And it's... Which is also another comparison to um, Frollo with your Frollo, yeah. your your um, point of him uh, kind of going against all those that are different. Um, Scars is a little bit different in that he does everything to benefit his own at the expense of everyone else. So even though he is also a lion, he doesn't align with the lions he aligns with the hyenas and they destroy the entire pride lands becomes barren no food they're all starving yeah he's he sort of takes in an outside group to become his own but only because he knows that they will do all the things that he wants because they think that they'll benefit so he's manipulating them in a different way as well yeah, that's a, that's an interesting part to it too, and that that also comes down to the fact that we're comparing or comparing these characters to real people. There's there's a very very obvious comparison to Scar and Hitler and Nazism and imperialism and all that. With the when he's singing "Be Prepared," and you see the Nazis or the not call them Nazis, but call them <laughs> not Nazi hyenas. They're marching like the Nazis did in like unison, and they're they're paws are coming up in straight paw fashion everything i think they i think the movie might have actually been edited to take moments of that out or chop down that scene or something i, I remember reading something like, like that years ago but that's a, such an effective moment to show how he's he's a dictator he just yeah. full-on yeah, yeah him and, and very Frollo. charming he like woos people in and brings people in and they believe things that he tells them and he kind of, mm -hmm. he can weave that web, which is something that both that Ursula does as well. Um, getting people to believe that he can give them what they want. Same thing he did with uh, Simba telling him, Oh no, don't go to this one area where you're not supposed to go. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, he's going right there. He's going straight <laughs> there. And, um, and yeah, so he's, he's pretty evil in that. And, and that's a, pretty good comparison i think between the two there and then if you come to the end when simba finally find nala comes out finds simba in her hunt for food she ends up far far away because scars just demolished everything in, in sight and they're just starving she runs into simba convinces him to come back to save the day and um what ends up happening? The pride lands are so dry that a huge pile of fire gets <laughs> lifted there, and Mister Scar plummets to his death in very fire, similar <laughs> as Mister Frollo yeah. also did. Um, yeah. Though I think he does land outside of the fire, and um, the hyenas overhear him talking badly about him. So in the end, his people end up uh, getting him in the end there but but yeah it's a total betrayal of his own people total destroying of the pride lands he plans out this manipulative manipulative plan to both destroy father and son just so he can have complete control over somewhere where he was already living a pretty posh life and if he had have just like appreciated what he had he would have pretty much had it made i think yeah he doesn't really have other than just wanting to be the person calling the shots, like he doesn't really have any other reason than, than to just go along, go with the flow and like go with the pride and eat the, the meals that they catch. And 
you know, exists in the circle of life. He kind of just solely does this because he wants to be the one with power. Yeah, he thinks well, he's he even, better. <laughs> even at the beginning, like, he, he kind of excludes himself. Like, when you're introduced to Scar in the movie, he's just kind of by himself doing his own thing, right? Like, he yeah, doesn't he just, really want anything to do with the pride. He's kind of keeping himself out of it because he's so embarrassed by the fact that he's not the king. He's not the, you know, he's not the the leader of the pack essentially and that's all that he really wants and i don't think he doesn't want it for the good of the, the pride he wants it for no. just the status right he, he just wants it just as the, the stat symbol yeah he fully resents mufasa and he wants the power sure. and all the things that come with it and all the people looking up at him basically right yeah, yeah all right christine do you want do you want to summarize your uh your arguments for scar being the most <laughs> evil disney villain yeah, I my summary is that he is both of your villains put together. Um, very similar storylines to Mr. Frollo, killing his own brother and father of Simba, then casting, um, trying to kill Simba, ending up casting him out, causing him mental damage, um, thinking, giving him all the shame and guilt to not come home, uh, that he destroys his entire uh, country, well, Pride Land, I guess, and his entire pride is going hungry, starving, putting them to death for his own personal gain, um, that he's like Ursula in the way that he's manipulative. He planned out and totally manipulated Simba into falling into uh, his plan to kill his own brother and take over everything. Um, and like Ursula, he has some pretty sweet tunes in there, too. <laughs> all right great great argument great summary uh cool well i i guess there's nothing more to do than to decide who we think is the most evil now obviously i'm the one that's on the fence here because you both have solid arguments i think ursula has kind of been crushed under the weight of these two really <laughs> fucking evil bastards i think <laughs> You guys need to uh, need to decide what 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 are you going on? Are, are you sticking to your guns or are you uh, are, are you switching okay. sides? I think I'm still going to stick with my guns based on the fact that, like yeah, like I was saying before, I find Scar still, and maybe it's because he's an animal, not a real person, and even though Frollo isn't a real person, he's kind of based off of actual humans and characters. Even though Scar is as well. It's more relatable that way. And then the extra level of, of he does all this. They, they do all of the same things except for Scar doesn't, it's not shown that he creates this personal obsession of a particular woman or person in general that causes him to go off and start destroying families and killing people just at random. And there's one specific moment in, um, hunchback where he does something that's so creepy that it's it, it's one moment i didn't mention before but it's that for, when he sneaks up behind uh esmeralda in the one moment in um and it kind of encapsulates him he grabs her from behind when she has um sanctuary and he's holding her with a knife and when he grabs her he sniffs her hair <laughs> creepily and then he yeah. says he says you look. You can see the look in his like. They show the look that he's like sniffing her hair, and he's like, 
likes her but then he's like she asks him what he's doing and he says he's imagining a rope around her pretty neck and it's like wow. kind of encapsulates yeah. this this whole character it's it's like That's from tough. that point on he's he's obsessed with this thing but wants to destroy it equally he wants to do all the other things that scar does but he has this obsession and this psychotic tendency and not only that all the real world things that weigh with him that create a real despicable hateful villain that is just creepier and darker than i think any other disney villain has matched that's a i mean i think that is actually your greatest argument that scar is still likable like today i wore my scar shirt guess what (laughs) there are no shirts made of frollo nobody nobody wants to wear a shirt with frollo no the, the Frollo even, t-shirt sits on the fucking the sale rack at Disney store all year round. I don't even think, don't even the think they the ever made one. Like there was no person that was like, I approve you making the yeah. Frollo shirt. Because it's like they just L, like Christmas. <laughs> it's like, nah, you're right. <laughs> it's it's like they took the, the character design of the the wicked stepmother from Cinderella, like just a just a terrible like look in their eyes and they created like the worst possible person out of that look. And you don't know, like, you know, people are fans of um, all the other villains because there, there's something cool about them. There's something, I don't know, but yeah, Frollo. No. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, actually they're, 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 <laughs> one argument I thought of while I was watching the movie that I was like, that would go for you. And I was like, I'll keep that to myself. But as you did your last summary there, I'm like, I may have to concede slightly. I think I'm just under, I think you just pull ahead by like a, a percentage. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, the likability of Scar does um, take it away a little bit. Because nobody sits there and goes like, man, I really hate that Scar. <laughs> as much as they would say that. But, but their actions are quite equal and if you did turn scar into a human put him mm-hmm. into a movie as a human being he, he might he take would, it he would match it up yeah well i honestly guys i think i think christine actually i, I can even sound by sound by that part where she said i think you win by like a percentage um i, I hate to say it, christine but i i think rye wins this one too i think frollo is out of the three of them, the most evil Disney villain we have. Yep. All right, guys. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, so thank you so much for joining us, Christine. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure. pleasure. I thank you. Thank that you. You will rejoin us again when we do the uh, the best Disney heroes, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Or best sidekick. Or, or for just the twist. best Disney anything. Lame we got it yeah there's there's so much there's so much to cover right like why not we can come up with some ideas we can get creative Fuck yeah, man. soundtrack yeah oh that's a so many that's a tough one yeah all right well uh right do you have anything you need to announce I'm just repeating I'm, I'm not going to repeat the same thing I said at the beginning so just yes uh, check out movies, Still the Water, Open Your Eyes. They're both recently released and available streaming everywhere. Um, keep an eye out for them. Uh, yeah. 
I I don't have anything to announce as per fucking usual. Uh, oh no, except for the fact that oh physics. Uh, have you guys been watching the videos that I've been posting? Uh, I have been posting about the physics draft beer dispenser. Um, had a couple of videos on there. I'm going to post a couple more in the coming days slash maybe next week. Oh, um, buddy, you know what would be good through that that you should try? You should pick on. up one of the one of these that we feature tonight, the Imperial Russian Stout, and try that oh, through there. I feel so like that like would be a great out, way. Eh? Yeah, I feel like that might be a great way to experience that. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, if you haven't seen the videos already, check them out. Uh, physics is a great machine that uses a sound wave to turn your beers into a slightly like nitro kind of pour. Uh, makes any canned beer into a draft beer effectively. And like Rice said, uh, try, or most likely try like a stout, like an imperial stout in it and see how it turns out. But watch the video, see what you think, buy the product. It's great. Christine, do you have any announcements? Uh, no announcements for me, but thank you so no. much for inviting me into your podcast. It was a lot of fun to debate with you, even though I lost. <laughs> I will take it like a chance. But thanks for joining time. us. Yeah. It was great to have another, like a Disney lover and somebody who knows their shit so well. Yeah, I really had fun. So I can't wait to join another one. And the next time I hopefully will get to drink along with you and have some recommendations uh, for that. Guys, if you like what you heard today, uh, you need to subscribe to us on every kind of platform you can find. Uh, we are on Spotify mainly. Uh, we're also on YouTube, which hasn't been updated, but I will update it tomorrow. Uh, you can find us on anywhere that you're listening to your podcast. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Breaker, uh, and everything else. Um, just search Bruise Bros and Videos. Or if you want to get very specific, you can find us on social media at Instagram and Facebook.com slash Bruise Bros Videos. Forget the end. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the show. Right. Do you want to sign us off? Thanks for joining us, folks. It's been a blast. It's been. <laughs> Quite villainous indeed. Yes, sir. Signing off. This is Ryborg. And this is Weewah doing the same. And this is Dween, apparently. Signing off, <laughs> aka Christine. Thanks again for having me. See you next Bye -bye. week, folks. Bye. Be prepared. <laughs> Be prepared! <laughs>